This is Martin Lloyd-Jones, and the words to which I should like to turn your attention to this evening can be found here on the Reclamation Worship Podcast. Does that work? That's perfect. Right now. That's a first. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, I'll do this. This is Matthew Robinson, Director of Media Gratier, and you're listening to the Reclamation Worship Podcast. My name is Jason Allen, and I'm the host of Reclamation Worship, the podcast devoted to reclaiming a biblical view of worship for the church. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Reclamation Worship. So thankful for Matthew Robinson and uh, his great impersonation of Dr. D. Martin Lloyd-Jones. He nailed it. He was spot on with that. And so uh, such a great brother. I'm so so thankful for Matthew Robinson and his ministry. He's the director, as he said, of Media Gratier, independent nonprofit multimedia ministry based out of not a suburb of Albany, New York, but New Albany, Mississippi. That'll make more sense in just a few minutes. Uh, this brother is uh, in the midst of creating uh, a new film as we speak. And... Um, you can learn more about that at Media Gratier, but we are releasing this episode of Reclamation Worship in great anticipation for the film Puritan that Media Gratier has been putting together. And so uh, I will be linking to a trailer for Puritan, and you will be able to learn more about that at reclamationworship.com. So I want to encourage you to get on over there where you can see um, previous guests, you can listen to previous episodes and uh, learn more about Matthew Robinson, Media Gratier, and uh, this upcoming film, Puritan. All right, well, let's head on over to the interview. Matthew Robinson, thank you so much for joining me today on Reclamation Worship. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. So, uh, Matthew, you are the founder of uh, Media Gratier. Is that fair to say? That's fair, yeah. Um, It was quite an unintentional founding, but can explain that in a little while. I'm the I'm the director and the founder. And so uh, that means that I am the, uh, we run it out of my carport here in New Albany, Mississippi. Now, when I first started listening to your podcast with you and John Snyder, your pastor, I heard New Albany and I thought y'all were in New York. I just thought that was a little offset uh, of Albany. And, uh, and so I was shocked to hear that y'all are in the deep South. Yeah. It's probably our accents that made you think we were in New York. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I was born in Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, Elvis Presley is another um, uh, Tupelo son. Uh, So been here most most all of my life. And uh, even though right now, um, what I could I could live where I wanted to live um, because I, you know, because my work is done either uh, via video conference like this with guys like Stephen McCaskill in Canada and, you know, people on the other side of the ocean and, and places around the country. Um, Mississippi's great. Uh, it's just, you know, it's, it, I'm an hour from an international airport here, so I can be where I need to be. Great. But it's also, you know, just to be real with you, it's also one of the few places on the planet where one can afford to live when one is a nonprofit filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> now, what yeah. you just did there is uh, is boost the uh, the appeal for for New Albany, Mississippi. Now all these movie makers are going to move into uh, to Mississippi now. So that's well, a that's a wise on. move. 
Yeah, we were in Hawaii for a Banner of Truth conference that they had me come and do a live stream for. And we were talking with a lady who was a realtor there as we were getting ready to get on the plane. And I asked, so what's the cheapest house in Hawaii? And she said, well, just like a falling down on itself shack is going to be around 600000 And it goes up from there. And I said, wow, yeah. do you know the kind of house you could get in Mississippi for $600,000? And she just stopped me and said, oh, honey but who would want to live in Mississippi? <laughs> so you, you got a fair point. That's fantastic. Tell us about uh, who you are, how the Lord saved you and uh, how you have gotten to this point in your life and as a filmmaker. Sure. Well, um, so I'm 42 years old and I uh, was raised in the PCA Presbyterian church of America here in the South and uh, multi-generation uh, Presbyterian as far back as we can trace uh, Southern Southern Presbyterians all the way back to Scotland. And, um, and so the scariest day of my life was, you know, reading Romans five and realizing I was a Baptist, but that's another <laughs> subject. Um, but I praise God for, and love my Presbyterian brothers in the faith and, uh, was raised in the, as I mentioned, the PCA and was catechized and was, you know, I just, I thought everybody was a Calvinist. I didn't know that was an edgy, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing to be, yeah. uh, just everybody I knew was that. And so, I uh, was, uh, so I was taught the facts of the faith, but I was a particularly uh, bad kid and was, uh, it just set my heart to pursue uh, worldliness. We can mm-hmm. just put it like that. And so um, went hard after that in every single way for, uh, for many, many years and um, skateboarding and punk rock and, and kind of living on the road and, you know, being, being, having no masters and, you know, all that was kind of the ultimate expression of freedom for me and um, thought that religion of all types were just a straight jacket mm. uh, that you put on yourself. And so I didn't want anything to do with that. Uh, much later in life, fast forward through uh, a lot of things. We, the Lord uh, brought me, this is post marriage and post um, family and brought me into a church and uh, sat me down under the preaching of the gospel. Mm. which I thought, you know, I know all about the gospel. Um, And uh, strange and wonderful things happen when you sit under the preaching of the word of God week Mm. in and week out. Uh, You are never the same. You are changed. You're either hardened by the word of God or you are softened. And in God's great mercy, uh, he began to do what the old writers called a law work in me. And uh, started to show me uh, myself, mm-hmm. but at the same time was showing me the beauty and the sufficiency and the uh, saving power of Jesus Christ. And so I'm uh, somewhere around 32, 33 later in life, uh, called on the name of the Lord and he answered. And so uh, it is worth noting there, I think, especially in a day where we have a lot of people rediscovering the old paths uh, theologically. Um, you know, the, the apostles doctrine that was rediscovered in the time of the reformation and through the Puritans and confessionalism and et cetera, that it is possible to understand theology. Mm. If, if you, some people just like ologies, some people are wired to like to study sciences and to like to figure out how things, systems of thought fit together. Right. And if you like ologies, boy, howdy, theology yeah. is a great one because Every ology breaks down somewhere, you know, something stops fitting together. This one's perfect. 
you know, it all fits together. And so you can really, really love theology and love it for the wrong reason. And maybe I should say that in a different way. You can understand it and you can really enjoy studying it for any number of reasons and not know the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was certainly me for a season of my life. And so I just want to remind our listeners that Christianity is not a set of truths, but that it is a person and that you come to him. And there are certain true things about that person that we need to, we need to give our lives to understanding, but don't lose sight of the fact that it's coming to Christ. So the Lord brought me to himself and, um, and it happens to be in a church where I am now, Christ Church, New Albany, where um, where there is a, a great emphasis on the person of Christ, but there's certainly no lack of good, solid historical theology. And uh, people were reading old books and they were talking. I would hear them after church say, well, you know, uh, this week as I was reading the scriptures, I, I opened up, you know, John Flavel on this passage. And I really found him helpful. And, and I would kind of lean my head and go, who? And because uh, I knew some of these names. I mean, I, I knew Lloyd, I've never not known the name R.C. Sproul. Um, okay. you know, I'm down here close to RTS Jackson. Uh, my first pastor all growing up was one of the first graduates of RTS Jackson, Tim wow. Fortner. And so we always knew, you know, Martin Lloyd-Jones and, you know, we, I heard some of these names, but these are like some, like not church history 101, but like some 303 dudes. You right, know, some, right. Uh, I was, Thomas Manton and oh Thomas Brooks and so I remember really wanting to dig into some of these guys and as a new believer just found them to be so helpful mm. and uh, just thought a whole a whole new world has kind of opened up for me here yeah. and the Puritans and you know some of the um, 17th and 18th and 19th century men were my guides uh, under my own pastors here. So I had a desire to make this message of the gospel known and to make this, um, I don't know if you call it this vehicle for that message, the church history uh, known as well. And I, of course, would thought, well, that means, you know, the primary means of grace is the preached word. And so this must be a call to become a pastor, a preacher. And um so started out uh, to go to Puritan Reformed Theological Seminary uh, via uh, distance education. Was going okay. to do that here with a number of young men, and um, got a job uh, where they would allow me to do that. Um, I had a family at that time, so I couldn't just go, you know, run off and join seminary. So I started working at a at a larger ministry in Tupelo, Mississippi, as a as a um, a graphics guy and uh, long long story short uh, they the person who was tasked with starting a video department at that organization came to me uh, he had heard john snyder speak on the attributes of god mm. and he uh, was very challenged by that and he thought that it was man, it was good stuff and he he tasked me with creating a video study a video bible study on uh, with John Snyder on that subject. And so that became the Behold Your God study. John's so when I say that, that's correct. Yeah, okay. Dr. John Snyder, he's the author of the Behold Your God study series, and he's also uh, the founding pastor of Christ Church New Albany here. So um, so that that was the that was kind of how it started. So, I mean, I went to my computer and Googled, how do you make a video about stuff? You know, enter. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the founding of, of Media Gratier. Wow. Um, 
And so it has been the Lord uh, initiating and blessing the work all along. Um, I, I constantly feel like I'm in over my head um, here eight years later. Uh, and I, I, so I remind him that he has initiated this and that it's for his own glory. And I'm reminded that he is more zealous for his name than I could ever be. Mm. And so um, try to hold the work in an open hand. And uh, the Lord has continued to, uh, to, to give opportunity to do things we feel like are glorifying to him. Amen. That's fantastic. So uh, media gratier, do you mind telling us what that means? You mentioned it a minute ago, but for those who aren't familiar with the Latin and and the meaning behind that. Sure. So it's the media gratier is the means of grace in Latin. And so we uh, believe that the father has uh, given a people to the son and that the son has come and died on, on the place of that people and that the spirit now comes and applies the death of the son to those people in time. And so grace is not some substance that just floats around out there, you know, that there, there's some grace over here and I need to go get it and put it on something. But grace, again, is a person. It's, it's Christ. And so, you know, how is a man made right with God? Well, Christ's death on our behalf is how God can be righteous and just and also gracious. Hmm. And so, um, the means of grace. How does that grace come to us? Well, God is not God is God, and He's not tied to anything. He can just He can just download it. And he can just give it to you. Um, but the the regular or the ordinary way that God, in His infinite wisdom, has ordained for this grace to come to His people is through certain means. And so there are the means of grace, and those have been understood differently in different. I guess you could say religions, uh, but in uh, Christianity, certainly Protestant Christianity and Reformed Christianity, um, you know, the preached word of God, prayer, uh, singing, um, the the gathering of the of the saints on the Lord's day, uh, even fellowship with the saints. Um, You know, we see the scriptures say, "Mark out men who walk in the way that we've instructed and follow them. Uh, Follow me as I follow Christ." and uh, the whole hall of heroes there in, in Hebrews. So um, there's those are the kinds of things that we as an organization focus on um, when there's no end to the good ideas and things that they really need to exist. I want to encourage people to make them. Uh, but as far as what is Media Gratier going to do with the small amount of time that we have uh, before we see Jesus, uh, we want to focus on projects that have to do with the means of grace. That's fantastic. And I do want to talk about those projects here in just a second, but um, going back to your story, you shared how you went through a season of rebellion. Some sounded like you uh, slowly uh, matured into marriage and, and began a family and then uh, came to this church where the gospel was being preached and not saying it wasn't preached as a child in the church where you were growing up. But yeah, no, I certainly don't mean to indicate that. Right. Yeah. Something happened, though, as you as as an adult sat under this preaching. And so uh, would you in looking back on your story, would you say that uh, that the Lord had saved you early on and then you just went through a season of wandering? Or do you feel like you you came to faith as an adult sitting under the preaching uh, in in Christ Church? Sure. Um, the, The short answer is the latter for me. 
but the I think it's important to to point out that um, God does not deal with us in one way as yeah. he he deals with each person uh, individually. And so uh, one of the ways that I I put it is that um, you know you may grow up. An analogy that works is let's say you're asleep in a bed and somebody comes in and they throw the window shade open and the sun comes and hits you in the face and you bolt right up right out of bed and you're awake. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is for some people. Um, you're asleep one minute, poof, it hits you and it's this radical transformation and then you wake up alive. Um, for others, uh, you may grow up in a home where the, where the gospel's preached. You may uh, sit under family worship, et cetera. And let's say you're asleep in the bed and, but the window shades open. And so the sun's coming up on its own and this, and then, you know, gradually the, the room fills with light and you realize one day as you you realize one moment as you're laying there, I'm awake. Now there was a time when you were asleep. Yeah. You yeah. had to wake up. Right. You just don't know when that was. Sure. You know? uh, right. It could have been, you know, an hour ago, it could have been 30 minutes ago. Um, so, you know, every person has to be born again and that, that moment, I believe that that is the work of God in a moment, but we don't always know when that is for me. Um, you know, we, we, we know when that, we know when that has taken place by the effects. And so, you know, um, I don't believe that there are Christians who don't love the word of God. I don't believe that there are Christians who don't love Christ. Uh, I don't believe that there are those who have come to know him who do not love the brethren. Mm. Um, uh, so, you know, for me, it's, it's as clear as day that I went from death to life as, uh, as a, you know, 30 something year old, uh, young man. Wow. And, uh, just as a, as a slight correction, I wouldn't say that I matured much into those uh, <laughs> earlier things. Uh, maybe even now, but that it was, uh, you know, it was just when I do look back, I mean, if, if you belong to God, uh, there's never been a time that you haven't belonged to him mm-hmm. uh, in, in the mind of the father. And so you can look back and you'll be able to see ways that God has drawn you to himself with the cords of a man, with cords of love. Yeah. And I, I can see that all throughout my entire life. But for me, it, it was just very clear that that was regeneration that took place. That's great. You shared uh, a few moments ago that um, sitting under the regular preaching of the word changes you. And I think, I think it was in your uh, podcast with um, Sinclair Ferguson that you uh, were discussing how the folks at the shepherds conference uh, reveal that just through their hospitality. And, and we're speaking of the members of the church, uh, grace community that, that they are affected. Uh, you sense that in your dealings with them and you attributed that to yeah. them sitting under the regular preaching of God's word. So that's a, a phenomenal truth, uh, that God's word changes us. So, uh, thank you for, yeah. And it's a long game, you yeah. know, so I want to encourage you pastors listening, you know, it's, uh, it's a long game. Uh, so, so play it that, that way. Don't think, you know, Oh man, I preached the best sermon ever. And these people are still the same. Right. So <laughs> yeah, true. Stick with it. yeah. Well, thank you so much. So, uh, let's get back to, um, media gratier and, um, and what y'all do. I, I know you've put together a number of projects. You mentioned the first was behold your God. Uh, so mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about behold your God. And then, um, we'll hear more from you about the other projects y'all worked about worked on. 
All right. Sure. So remember that the Behold Your God study was created uh, under this uh, under the under this ministry uh, in Tupelo, Mississippi, called American Family Studios, and it's very much a, a, a kind of a Middle American evangelical organization. Um, and that's who we were. That's who we were intentionally talking to uh, in the study. Now, again, by God's grace, uh, this is a study that has come to be carried by the Banner of Truth and by Reformation Heritage Books, and so it apparently came across universally. So the person, you know, with shelves and shelves of, you know, theology, and then the and the person who has not so much as heard that there were any, you know, Puritans or or whomever, uh, are are still. Uh, helped equally by because it is the word of God and church history, et cetera. So um, we we made the study um, to try to talk about who God is and to do so uh, with a number of voices. So to start with, the the study is a 12-week multimedia Bible study on the character of God. Okay. Um, it's there are two components. There's a 13 DVD set. Um, of course, you can stream those as well. Um, if you live in, you know, 2019, <laughs> we, still, we, still sell, we still sell lots of DVDs. And I saw an Avengers DVD commercial the other day and said, hey, look at that. We're not, we're still relevant. We're still cool. That's right. Anyway, we, uh, <laughs> yeah. So there's two components, 13 DVD set and uh, a daily devotional workbook. Um, so each person who would go through the study would have their own copy of the workbook uh, that they're in on their own, just with the word of God for five days a week. And then you would get together as a group and you would have one set of the DVDs per group and you would just watch a, a film. Okay. Now each week there's somewhere around an hour long video session. The first 15 minutes or so we are uh, in, we're on location in places in England and Scotland and Wales and up the East coast of the U S and we're in places that are associated with people from church history. And it's really as varied as uh, guys like A.W. Tozer, a uh, lady like a Amy Carmichael, to Spurgeon and Lloyd-Jones and Samuel Rudd. And, so uh, and the people weren't just selected at random. We wanted to choose uh, certain aspects of certain people from church history's lives that really illustrate what we we're discussing that week. Mm. So the first week is just about how God is the great attraction of the Christian life. And um, when we think, well, who really was gripped by that? Well, there'd be a lot of people, but if you think of a book called The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer, um, and it's very, very well illustrated there. And so um, we eventually get to, well, how do we know who this God is? Well, he's given us his word mm. and he's given us Christ. And so we look at an experience that George Mueller had where he goes to the word of God to see who God is and actually shifts his position uh, significantly toward the end of his life uh, to believe in, uh, in, in God as he's revealed himself in, in his word. And mm -hmm. we look at Samuel Rutherford as one who was gripped by this vision of Christ. And so that's the first 15 minutes. It's a very sort of visually, you know, striking visit to all these places around the country and around the world. And then the middle section is, um, is a half hour sermon from Dr. John Snyder. And then the last five to 10 minutes is sort of applicatory comments that are made from contemporary ministers that pastor 
or teach in different contexts all around the world. So uh, our good friend, Jordan Thomas, just right up the road in Memphis, Tennessee, whose church and home is in um, uptown Memphis. I think it's like the number 11 murder capital of the world Mm. uh, as as far as... um, and then uh, guys like Conrad Mbewe, who uh, minister in Lusaka, Zambia, um, Anthony Mathenia up in, and Paul Washer up in Radford, Virginia, in a very, you know, rural kind of uh, college town, Virginia life, mm-hmm. uh, as well as guys in the UK. So you have all these guys from different places and different times saying the same things about who God is. Then you realize, okay. God is, is unchanging and mm. the truth of God is unchanging. And it doesn't matter, you know, no temporal or geographic context, you know, requires me to shift the truth. Uh, these are unchanging truths about who God is. So that was our first study uh, and it's called Behold Your God, Rethinking God Biblically. And, you know, you can take, you can see all of these at mediagratia.org. And I always say, you know, in English, uh, themeansofgrace.org. Uh, it's a little easier to tell people to go to that than it is to go to this sort of obscure Latin phrase. Sure. Well, good deal. And I'll link so, to that in the show notes. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. thanks for sharing that. You also have done Logic on Fire, uh, a study uh, on or a documentary on uh, the life of Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. And so um, what led you to to want to explore his life? Yeah. Well, again, he's a, he's a name that I've known most of my life. Um, he was instrumental. A lot of people may not realize this in the founding of the PCA. So there's some interesting uh, stuff that you can search out out there, but some of the men that I knew, uh, you know, didn't know them well, but I mean, as a kid, they're pastors, they would, they would quote Martin Lloyd Jones. And so my family had, you know, this guy with this strange hyphenated last name books on the shelf. And then, uh, much later in life, um, Dr. Snyder, uh, my pastor now, he actually uh, sat for three years uh, in Wales under a fella named Vernon Hyam, who's the pastor of the Heath Church in Cardiff. And Vernon Hyam was Martin Lloyd Jones' protege in so many ways. He was uh, he was like a son to him in Lloyd Jones' last season of life, and so. In many ways, the work that the Lord did at Westminster Chapel under Lloyd-Jones, when men were just flocking in by the thousands, um, there was a similar work that took place at the Heath Church, um, you know, during his ministry, thousands of people. I mean, I'm sure you realize that a big church in the UK is, you know, a couple hundred people. That's a mega church. And this would have been thousands of, you know, young people professionals come into uh, mm. this church in Cardiff and sitting under this simple means of grace ministry, you know, preaching prayer and singing. Mm. Well, that had a massive effect on my, uh, you know, Dr. Snyder who grew up Southern Baptist and who just, you know, when he thought of church, he just thought of church with all the kind of bells and whistles and Southern Baptist accoutrements that come along with it, you know, with the, I mean, I don't really want to be fair. I don't want to make a caricature because, again, it's not my, my not my culture. But you know, puppet shows and singing a solo and you know, doing all these things you're just supposed to do. It's just normal. It's just church. And when he went and sat and he saw a church where 
you know, there's just, it's a simple, just prayer and singing and then mm. preaching and preaching mm. Christ and preaching the new birth and, uh, the, and seeing thousands of people come and actually changed by that, uh, mm. that had a massive impact on his idea of what church not only could be, but should be. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he came back here to plant the church, uh, here in kind of a Sandfields of sort, New Albany, Mississippi. That's great. Um, where if God does something, uh, he'll, he'll get the glory for it. Um, so yeah, so the, the interest in Lee Jones is, is, is high. There was also a, there was also a realization that the, the window to sit down with people who know Lloyd Jones knew him well was closing. Mm-hmm. And so if we were going to really capture that, uh, then we needed to move quickly. And so, um, I, I, Got to know the men who run the Martin Lloyd-Jones Trust, who have become good friends over the years. I've uh, gotten to know a lot of men in Wales who knew him and sat under him and would have known him when they were younger. And then um, got to know the family um, through through the Lloyd-Jones Trust, his daughters and some of his grandchildren. And then uh, through the Banner of Truth, got to know Ian Murray and several other men you know, who who were very close with Floyd Jones. And so I I decided that if all of those parties would come together and be willing to contribute to a project about who he is, then I would, I would do a film. And again, by God's grace, they were willing to, to do that. And so we, uh, we worked on that all through 2014 and released it in 2015. And it's available in a few different ways. You can get a big deluxe edition, you know, it's kind of like the Lord of the Rings deluxe, you know, set for nerds. Right. You know, there's there's a book and lots of unreleased photos and unprinted sermons and, you know, mm-hmm. postcards. And there's three and a half hours of extended interview stuff from people. Um, you can get that. Uh, you can get a, a smaller package that's just the film itself. Or you can actually go on uh, Amazon Prime right now and, and look that up, at least in the States and I think in um, Japan. Okay. Germany. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get all that information uh, in the notes as well. Now, you've done a, um, another documentary on some obscure guy uh, named Spurgeon. What, what, uh, what's going on there? <laughs> Well, that's actually uh, one of my good friends, uh, Stephen McCaskill made that film. Okay. And, um, Stephen, so uh, Stephen is a, is a dear friend. Um, we've, we got to know each other again, quite by accident, um, in probably 2013 or so, uh, after Lloyd Jones, I mean, I'm sorry, after Behold Your God. And, um, I reached out to a Spurgeon page that he actually ran, runs on Facebook. Um, and he got back in touch and said, Hey, I'm interested in doing film stuff. In fact, I'm, I'm starting to pursue doing film stuff. Um, so we got to know each other, became friends, just kind of social media bromance, you know, where you can yeah. talk back and forth on messenger and that kind of thing. And, um, when we got ready to put our crew together to go make logical and fire, we, we needed an extra person to come along. And so instead of looking around locally to just grab somebody, I thought, what about this guy in Canada? That I mean, he's he's like clearly like a bright guy, he's a go getter. Like he really is getting into film. Like we could bring him along. Well, he came along on that trip, uh, one of our UK trips for the Logic on Fire uh, project. And before we could get home and you know edit the film and put it together and release it, he had planned, uh, gone over and shot 
edited, finished, and released this film uh, through the eyes of Spurgeon. Wow. Totally on his own. I mean, wow. you know, there were guys working with him, but uh, so I certainly took notice that, wow, this guy, he's going places. <laughs> and he's, he, he's done through the eyes of Spurgeon. Uh, he did the film Luther, uh, the life yeah. and legacy of the German reformer. Um, he's an, an incredible cinematographer, uh, a great producer, uh, a director in his own right. And so um, when, I guess, almost two years ago, when Dr. Joel Beakey reached out to Midi Gratier about doing a project on the Puritans, uh, the first person I called was Stephen and okay. said, "Hey, let's let's work together on this project." Great. And so Stephen and I, Stephen is directing the Puritan project, and I'm kind of like the executive producer, I guess, uh, creative director. I don't know, but there's there's only a few of us, so we, we can just make up names, sure. we'll, you know. <laughs> um, so we, yeah, we we work together on on several projects, but yeah, I do want to make that clear that we distribute the Through the Eyes of Spurgeon film for Stephen, but that's a Stephen McCaskill project. Great, and y'all are also distributing uh, American Gospel, Christ Alone, Brandon Kimber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good deal. Yeah, so that's a film Brandon Kimber made that we support a hundred percent. And man, just a, a note about that: it's we like movies. Movies are great, but again, it's always about the local church mm. and we are seeing uh, regularly, we're hearing testimonies from people who are, someone cares about these folks and they're concerned for them that they're involved in this kind of health, wealth and prosperity or word of faith, you know, church where the gospel is being twisted and sometimes not, not preached at all. And they're giving them copies of this film and are getting them to sit down and watch it. And, you know, Christ said, my sheep uh, hear my voice and they follow me. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing people leave those churches. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I'm given to hyperbole, so I don't want to overspeak, yeah. but it, you know, I'm tempted to say in droves, wow. um, you know, people are leaving bad churches and saying, okay, you know, we, we didn't know. We mm-hmm. just thought this was Christianity. We just thought mm-hmm. this was church. Mm-hmm. And now that we've seen, you know, in that film, the gospel is presented mm-hmm. and then it's contrasted with the prosperity gospel or the word of faith, you know, kind of name it and claim it, uh, health, wealth, and prosperity thing. And it's those guys in their own words saying, you know, what they say. And the viewer is left with this undeniable impression that, okay, these guys are saying something totally different from what Christ is saying and the Mm. apostles are saying in the scriptures. Mm. So, you know, praise God. Uh, That film's by Brandon Kimber. We, We weren't involved in the creation of that film, but uh, we uh, have a, uh, a distribution network, I guess you could say, and we go to all the conferences. And so uh, having gotten to know Brandon and coming to trust him as a brother, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, we asked if we could, we could distribute that for him. And um, we're super happy to get that out to as many people as we can. You, you mentioned Puritan, the film that uh, is forthcoming and, and do want to talk about that. So, um, for those of us who don't know much about the Puritans, could you maybe shed a little light on who they were? Yeah. One of the things that, you know, we had to travel around a lot for interviews for this and wherever we went, if we were on the elevator with somebody and we're carrying a bunch of gear, you know, and they sort of look at us and um, ask us, so what are you doing in town? We're making a film about the Puritans. Um, mm, the Puritans. <laughs> we'd say, so tell me what comes into your mind when you think about the Puritans and, you know, invariably it would be negative. Mm. Um, 
oh, those are the people who burn witches um, or uh, aren't those the people that, you know, the scarlet letter thing, you know, they, they were bad people, but they, they wanted to be, uh, every, they wanted to kind of like the Pharisees, you know, they wanted to look like they were good and they wanted to oppress people who, you know, didn't fit their morality. Um, I never heard anybody say anything positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the closest thing to positive would be, uh, aren't those the people from Thanksgiving you mm-hmm. know, that came over and whatever, like at Thanksgiving. Um, So, you you know, when we, uh, when we, as Christians, I mean, Christianity is a reading religion. Um, I know so many people who never read anything. I mean, I have a good friend who graduated college and says, man, I only read three books, you know, in the whole, whole time. Yeah. Um, But now he has been converted and he reads voraciously and he just can't get enough. And, you know, it doesn't mean that it's a nerd religion. It just means that God has revealed himself by the written word. And then he gives gifts to the church, teachers and preachers. And, and those men, you know, um, like when the Ethiopian was trying, struggling to read the scroll, he sends men to help, um, help us understand what we're reading. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to explain to people in the pew. Why do you like to read these old dead guys so much? Mm, mm. And so we wanted to have a, a film that we could put in their hands that set, that, that clears up kind of the misconceptions, um, puts the Puritans in their temporal context. So okay. this is, this was a period that, you know, that, that came after the reformation. You know, a lot of people because of 1517, 2017, a lot of people sort of have, okay, yeah, the Reformation happened somewhere around here, you know, the 1500s. So you go forward about a generation, about 100 years or so, and you're into the 1600s, and you have this group of people who are primarily in England um, who are wanting to press the Reformation's principles and the sola from the Reformation further into every area of life, church, uh, home, uh, even government to some degree, mm-hmm. and also to explain why why do we like to read these guys so much? What's the big deal? And so we got men men who people like to read. We okay. got them to explain why they like to read the men that, mm. that this film is about. Okay, so you know, Evan DeYoung and John MacArthur and John Piper and. I know so many men that the Lord, you know, genuinely gifts that Christ has given to the church in this generation, mm. uh, explaining how invariably the Puritans have had such a massive impact in their thinking and in their uh, approach to ministry. What are some, you've, you've already touched on this a little bit, but what are some of the areas that the Puritans were concerned with, uh, that they focused on, uh, that make them important to us today? Yeah, well, again, they 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 were taking these sola from the Reformation. So um, Christ alone, faith alone, scriptures alone, uh, to the glory of God alone. And, and they were concerned, you know, not to just apply those things to the issue of justification. So justification by faith, but to repress those things out into every area. And so, um, you know, the Puritans on how do I work to the glory of God mm-hmm. in my 
profession, just my profession. You know, is there this sort of sacred secular divide? So mm-hmm. a man whose job is, you know, to be a pastor or, or a Bible teacher or, you know, maybe a, a Christian documentarian, they have a spiritual job. But here I am, you know, man, I'm making pizzas or I'm installing water heaters or I'm doing all of these different things. You know, that's not very spiritual. Well, right. the idea that know that all of life uh, can be lived to the glory of God. That's the Puritans are great on that. I mean, you know, the, they just get this from the scriptures. If if we can eat and drink to the glory of God, I mean, that's something that animals do. Animals right. eat and animals drink. We can do it to the glory of God. Amen. Well, then we can certainly work. We can raise our families. We can do all that we do. So how specifically? Well, the Puritans are really helpful on that. Um, they thought through so many issues that, um, you know, the, the Puritan era is the era that the great confessions come to us. So what I like to call this envelope of orthodoxy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have the, you have some faithful Anglicans, you have, um, the Presbyterians, you have, uh, the Congregationalists, and then you have this weird little arm that kind of grew off the Congregationalists called Baptists. And, you know, all writing these confessions of faith that are what Thomas Watson called a body of divinity, mm. uh, just just a group, a, a, a whole system of the most important issues, mm. you could say, uh, in Christianity and, and working through these things. And so, you know, the, the Puritans uh, gave us an all-encompassing um, approach to Christianity that has come that now comes to us in confessionalism. So, you know, I would I would urge your uh, listeners to to go and to read those great confessions and catechisms and to see how they pressed these uh, you know these issues of living for God into every area of life. Go and read the the larger catechism <clears throat> on the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, measure your thoughts and daily life and et cetera by, by these things. And, you know, this is the path, uh, the, the law, you know, is this path that Christ has walked for us perfectly. Mm. And we're now not under it, but we're free to live and walk with him on it. That's and cool. it's now, it's now the greatest joy of our hearts to walk on that path. And so, Where's the next step for me in this path? In in this situation, well, the, the Puritans were incredibly helpful in in applying all of the moral law uh, to all these different areas of life, and that comes to us, you know, now through the through the shorter and larger catechism. And you know, for we Baptists, we have Keech's Catechism, which is what we use in our church, which is you know just a slightly modified version of the of the Westminster. And so you know, look into those things and. What you'll find is what many, many people have found before you that uh, these these guys are, you know, they're they're not perfect. And the film that we're making is is meant to not be a hagiography. We really want to show that you know, there were areas of these guys' lives that that needed sanctification, mm. uh, but that you, you will find them to be good guides. Uh, and that's really our goal. Um, do we really have time? to go out and try to figure it out on our own and then realize, Oh, Oh, we made a mistake the last 20 years. You know, my big ministerial uh, approach has been wrong. Mm. I mean, it seemed like a good idea. Right. Uh, 
to disregard Christian history is to disregard the work of Jesus Christ in his church for the last 2000 years. Mm. And uh, you would be, you would be fooled to do that. Mm. So I would, I just encourage um, your people to go out and and get started. And, you know, maybe this film will serve as a good on-ramp for a lot of people. Uh, The books exist, but uh, this, this film is meant to, to bring people to those books. Perfect. Well, fantastic. We're looking forward to that. And uh, I'll link, I, I believe there's a trailer out and I'll, I'll put that in the, um, in the show notes as well. So uh, Matthew Robinson yeah. of Media Gratier, thank you so much for joining me on Reclamation Worship. Man, it's been a, a lot of fun. Thanks for letting me ramble on. Well, again, I'd like to thank Matthew Robinson for taking the time to come on Reclamation Worship and tell us about his life and Media Gratier and Puritan, the film. We are looking forward to that film and uh, really want to encourage you to get on over to Midi Gratier and look at all of the products that they have, including the Behold Your God study uh, DVD set with workbooks uh, and the Behold Your God podcast that Matthew Robinson and his pastor, Dr. John Snyder, put together. So please check out Media Gratier again. You'll find it in the show notes at Reclamation Worship. You can find us on Twitter at Reclamation HQ. We are on Instagram at Reclamation Worship and Facebook at Reclamation Worship. Until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.